don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And it's the week after Easter. It is. We didn't upload last week because it was Easter when we were going to record. Well, I uploaded my episode late, so we well, kind of did okay. upload one episode well, last okay. week. Um, but yeah. So we're back and I've got another true crime episode for you guys. This is also a um, survivor story. I know the last one I did was a survivor story. But this one is going to be about Elizabeth Smart. Have you heard of Elizabeth Smart? Yes. Okay. She's pretty popular. Yeah, it's a pretty popular case. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth Ann Smart was born into a devout Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints family on November 3rd, 1987 in Salt Lake City, Utah. She was the second of six children of a successful real estate developer and a homemaker. Elizabeth was known as a kind, smart, shy, and obedient child. So much like me. (laughs) Actually, same for a while. Yeah. Until I hit my teen years. (laughs) It was over from there. See, I was still good until my teen years. No. I was like the angel child. It was more like after 16. Mm. I was pretty good until... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a good kid. Sure you were. So her greatest passion was the harp, which she began playing at the age of five and practiced for hours each day. So she really loved playing the harp, and that's such an unusual instrument for a five-year-old to want to play. Honestly, I, but I would love to play the harp. Go off, yeah. I feel like the harp is cool. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go through a timeline here. We're going to start in fall of 2001. I was two years old. Me too. Almost three. Elizabeth and her mother, Lois, came across a clean-shaven man who was panhandling in Salt Lake City. Lois gives the man $5 and offers him a job to work on their family's roof. The man says his name is Emmanuel and accepts the offer and comes and works on their roof in November of 2001. So, by the time Elizabeth reached middle school, she was sought out to perform as a harpist at local weddings and funerals, and she regularly participated in the annual fall concert at the Capitol Rotunda in Salt Lake City. Elizabeth was also a skilled equestrian and distance runner who was training to compete in cross-country racing when she reached high school. She attended Bryant Intermediate School, where she was known as an intelligent and diligent student. On June 4, 2002, Elizabeth and her family attended an end-of-year awards ceremony at her school, where the 14-year-old won several awards for academics and physical fitness. So she was just all around, like, a great student, a great, great kid. She was fantastic. 
But in the middle of the night that night, when they had got home, it was like an hour after midnight, like one o'clock in the morning, Elizabeth was awakened in her bedroom that she shared with her younger sister, Mary Catherine, by the sound of footsteps and the feeling of cold metal against her neck. A man whispered, quote, I have a knife to your neck. Don't make a sound. Get out of bed and come with me or I will kill you and your family, end quote. The kidnapper led Elizabeth out of the house and marched her for hours through the forest to a camp where his wife was waiting. This man, his name was David, or sorry, Brian David Mitchell. We're going to call him Mitchell for the rest of the, the episode. He believed he was a prophet named Emmanuel, and after performing a bizarre wedding ceremony, he declared Elizabeth to be his wife and then he raped her. Ew. Wait, didn't he already have a wife? Yes. Her name is Wanda Bardsey. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole thing, I think I talk about it later, but he had to have like 300 wives or something like that. Interesting. That was like his, his mission, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, because he was a prophet. I don't know. It doesn't make no think, sense. I don't think, no. <laughs> Not at don't all. Don't make no sense. Um, yikes. So, Mitchell and Wanda... Wait, one more question that yes. I just remembered, sorry. Is he the one that was fixing their roof? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I was gonna ask. Yes. I know that seemed very random, but, like... I mean, not really. Not now. It led into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because we're going in, in the order of events that happened. Right, right. Yes. So, Mitchell and Wanda held Elizabeth captive for nine months as they moved between California and Utah. I'm just gonna, I should have said this earlier, but I'm gonna put a trigger warning on this, because he rapes her constantly. Ew. Okay. Ew, ew, ew. So. This poor girl. Yeah. And she's, like, young, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked. It's very sad. It reminds me of, um. She was in, like, middle school. Documentary I just started watching called Sins of the Amish. Oh, nice. On Peacock. So, yeah. If you want to watch that, there is a trigger warning of rape and molestation on it, but if you want to watch it, Mm -hmm. it will completely change your outlook on Amish people, unfortunately. Um, And now, if I ever see one of those carriages again, I'm just, that's what I'm going to think. Yikes. It's really rough. I can only watch a little bit at a time. Like, that's kind of how rough it is. Like, I could get through, like, maybe 30 minutes of an episode, and then I'm just like, ugh, I really, I can't even watch this anymore. That's how bad it is. That's how I felt watching, um, that documentary about um the latter-day saints it's rough i bet it's gross um so like i said mitchell raped elizabeth daily sometimes multiple times a day and he often kept her like tied to a tree like that's just like a dog yes jesus he forced her to consume large quantities of alcohol and drugs and often did not feed her for days and that would bring her to, like, the brink of starvation. And then he, like, give yeah. her a little bit more and, like, slowly torturing her. It was just, like, sick and gross. If I was in that situation, I would want the vast quantities of alcohol and drugs. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So I could, like, Be at least try it. to fade away. Yeah. But, God, I mean, it's still, obviously. I'm not saying that he should have done that to her. I'm just saying if I was in that situation, that is what I would want. So this whole time, Mitchell's, like, trying to get Elizabeth to, like, follow his religious beliefs and, Mm -hmm. like, join him in his mission, 
I guess, because she's, like, not submitting, obviously. Yeah. He wants her to submit and just, like, do as he says. So, in on June 14th, 2002, obviously, she's already been reported missing and everything. Mm-hmm. Of course. I'm sure her parents woke up the next morning and was yeah. like, oh, yeah, so, something's not right. So, police arrested a potential suspect. His name was Richard Reese. He was a, cr- a career criminal who also worked at the smart home like did work at their house um he was arrested for a parole violation but he wasn't like a formal suspect gotcha they were just kind of like assumed because he was the only person that like had access to their house Mm -hmm. four weeks later he was charged with stealing jewelry and other items from the smarts house and another family in the neighborhood and on july 24th 2002 mitchell attempted to abduct abduct elizabeth's cousin police were called to the home of lois's sister lois is her mother Mm -hmm. after her daughter was awakened by someone cutting through their bedroom window it was later revealed that mitchell and wanda were behind the attempted break-in with mitchell seeking to make elizabeth's 15 year old cousin another bride yikes for this mission to get all of these wives you know what i took back i take back what i said about being drugged up I think I wouldn't want to be so I can escape. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because you wouldn't be able to think clearly. Yeah, it took me a minute to think about it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I take back what I said. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be a sound mind. Yeah. Because I want to be able to try and that's escape. That's probably why he did it. Probably. So she couldn't. Also, I mean, she's a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, like. If she's consuming large amounts of alcohol, she's going to be so sick. Yeah. Especially since he's not feeding her, mm-hmm. too. Dang. That sucks. On August 30th, 2002, um, Richard Reese died. He um, was in prison, and he had a brain hemorrhage, and he was in a coma, and then he was removed from life support. So, he's dead. Mm. They were kind of, police was kind of hoping that since he died, that more people would, like, come out and with more information about the case. but it wasn't him. Since they didn't have anything on him. Right. But... That didn't really happen. Yeah. So, in September 2002, Mitchell, Wanda, and Elizabeth took a bus to California. I'm just sitting here thinking, what's he going to do if he gets 300 wives? Are they supposed to all follow him around? I don't, yeah, see, I don't know. I, it was just. Like, imagine, like, going places with a crowd of 300 people everywhere you go. Yeah. Like, what, what is the logic in that? I think he's trying to start a cult. Yeah. Think of, like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the shit that happened in waco i think i did an episode on Mm -hmm. it where the guy just like gets every or like jesus christ of the latter-day saints because that's happens Mm -hmm. in that community too where it's like one person just like impregnates all the people it's so fucking weird like 20 or 30 people and they have what about that doctor yeah the doctor that that impregnated that inseminated all of those patients with his semen yep that's fucked it's so fucking weird dude like, why do people have that obsession that they need to spread their know. seed? I don't know. That's disgusting. So they can have, I don't know. Spread your seed down the drain. How about that? Ew. Fucking That's nasties. So gross. It's grosser to inseminate grosser. people. Yeah, it's more gross. It's grosser. They're gross. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. Moving on from that, I don't know what I'm on today. <laughs> so, Mitchell, Wanda, and Elizabeth spent the next several months in the San Diego area. Okay. 
moving between campsites and eating at homeless shelters. Mitchell tried to kidnap another girl during their time in San Diego, but was unsuccessful. Man, he shit at this. Thank God. Yeah. So, on October 12th, 2002, um, Mary Catherine, you remember her? Mm-hmm. That was Elizabeth's sister. She remembers yeah. something. Well, on good. the night of Elizabeth's kidnapping, her younger sister, Mary Catherine, pretended to be asleep. So, like, she wouldn't get kidnapped, right? Mm-hmm. After several months, it suddenly occurred to her that the kidnapper kind of looked like the guy that worked on their house. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy named Emmanuel. So, she, like, tells her parents this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the police discover that Emmanuel was Brian David Mitchell. Mm-hmm. That was, like, his alias. That's, like, his prophet name, I guess, is Emmanuel. Yeah. Ew. So, so now they, they have a face. They mm-hmm. have somebody, a suspect. In February 2003, the popular crime detective show America's Most Wanted aired his photograph in an episode to try and get people to recognize him yeah. so they can get Elizabeth. In February 2003, Elizabeth persuaded Mitchell to take them back to Salt Lake City. Following... Mitchell's announcement that the family would move to a faraway city like New York or Boston, Elizabeth reveals her belief that God wants them to return to Salt Lake City. So Mm. now she's she's playing the game. Yeah, she's like, I get it. She's like, you know what? God's speaking to me. We got to go back to Salt Lake City. And he's like, bet. Okay. And they do. So he agrees and they're hitchhiking back to Utah. On March 12th, 2003, a passerby recognized Mitchell from the when he was aired on America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. And he was walking with Elizabeth, who was, like, veiled and wearing a wig and sunglasses. Authorities arrested Mitchell and his wife and returned Elizabeth to her family that evening. Good. So she's found safe. Well. Well, I mean, alive. Definitely mentally traumatized. Yes, she's alive. On July 26, 2005, Mitchell is found incompetent to stand trial. One year after Wanda is deemed unfit for trial, a state judge issues the same ruling for Mitchell, putting the case on hold as both are confined to Utah State Hospital. In March, on March 5, 2008, a federal grand jury indicted Mitchell and Wanda on charges of interstate kidnapping and unlawful transportation of a minor across state lines. In October, after the state judge denied a request to forcibly medicate Mitchell, the case is transferred to the federal court system. Two weeks before another competency hearing, that word is hard to say, competency hearing commences for Mitchell, Wanda formally admits to her role in the kidnapping and enslavement of Elizabeth. She said, quote, I'm so sorry, Elizabeth, for all of the pain and suffering I caused you and your family. It is my hope that you will be able to find it in your heart and forgive me. No. Bitch, shut the fuck up. We don't forgive. No, we do not forgive. You don't have to forgive anyone if you don't want to. So, after years... Of disrupting hearings by delivering admonishments and singing hymns, on March 1st, 2010, Mitchell is found competent to stand trial. Remember, she was kidnapped in 2002. That's literally insane. This is in 2010. And she was 
returned to a family in 2005. Yeah. No, it wasn't 2005. She was only missing for nine months. Oh. I thought it was 2005. March oh, 2003. 2003. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on May 21st, 2010, Wanda is sentenced to 15 years in federal prison for kidnapping and sexual assault and 1 to 15 years at the Utah State Prison for the attempted kidnapping of Elizabeth's cousin. And those sentences are to run concurrently, one after the other. On November 1st, 2010, Mitchell's trial began. Mitchell's long-awaited trial on felony kidnapping, sexual assault, and burglary charges begins with jury selection. A few days later, after the trial, a sudden halt over a request for a new venue, an appeals court rules that proceedings can continue in Salt Lake City. November 8th through 10th, 2010, Elizabeth tells her story in court. Returning home from her international Mormon missionary work for three days of testimony, a composed Elizabeth details the sexual abuse and horrific conditions she endured over nine months in captivity. She also recalls a situation in which she was nearly rescued by a detective in a library, but was too scared to ask for help. Taking the stand as part of her plea deal, Wanda explains the revelation that drove her husband's desire to abduct girls until he had 350 wives and describes how she followed orders to prepare the first campsite for Elizabeth's arrival. 350 wives. Not 300, sorry. Still, that's bizarre and outrageous. So finally, on December 10th, 2010, more than eight years after the kidnapping, a jury in a federal courtroom in Salt Lake City found Mitchell guilty of kidnapping and transporting a child across state lines for sexual purposes. Elizabeth confronts her abductor shortly before he receives a life sentence for his crimes. She says, quote, I know that you know what you did was wrong. You took away nine months of my life that can never be returned. But in this life or next, you will have to be held responsible for those actions. And I hope you are ready for when that time comes. End quote. So, Wanda, she didn't get a very long sentence. Yeah. She is granted her freedom under the conditions that she register as a sex offender and participate in a mental health treatment program in se- on September 19th, 2018. So she was only in prison for eight years. That's crazy. Yeah. After, sh- after Elizabeth found this out, she posted on Instagram and said, quote, May we all remain vigilant in watching over our families, friends, and community from anyone who would seek to hurt or take advantage. I truly believe life is meant to to be happy and beautiful, and no matter what happens, that will remain my goal for me and for my family. End quote. So now we're going to talk about some of the things that Elizabeth has done since her kidnapping. Okay. Some of the positive things. So in 2011, Elizabeth founded the Elizabeth Smart Foundation, which aims to bring hope and end the victimization and exploitation of sexual assault through prevention, recovery, and advocacy. On June 5th, 2017, on the 15th anniversary of her abduction, 
Lifetime aired the made-for-TV film called I Am Elizabeth Smart, narrated and produced by Elizabeth, which tells the story of her kidnapping from her perspective. Elizabeth's uncle, Tom Smart, and author Lee Benson wrote a book about the search for Smart called In Plain Sight, The Startling Truth Behind the Elizabeth Smart Investigation. Her father wrote another book about Elizabeth's kidnapping called Bringing Elizabeth Home. A movie was made about her called The Elizabeth Smart Story. It was made in 2003 and it was based on the book by her father. While serving as missionaries in the Paris mission, Elizabeth met Scotland native Matthew Gilmore. In January 2012, after a courtship of one year, they became engaged. Mm. They married on February 18th, 2012, in a private ceremony in the Lei Hawaii Temple. Since then, they have had three children, one in 2015, one in 2017, and one in 2018. I'm glad she's happy. So, overall, she's doing good now. That's awesome. I like... I like to see that like in this case and then the um alice and both the case they mm-hmm. like make it a positive thing yeah for like, sure do like do more to help it not happen to somebody else right that was the story of elizabeth smart i know it's a pretty popular one and it was yeah. pretty quick but um i just wanted to tell another survivor story we always talk about death and dying and mm-hmm. people getting murdered survivor stories are always good yes I want to do the Cleveland kidnappings soon. That one, yeah. I need to put it on the schedule. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I forgot to put it on the schedule, mm-hmm. but I need to. That's a good one. Because I already have some research done on it. Mm-hmm. Anywho. That's all I got for you guys for this week. Thanks if you're for... not... Ooh! I was going to say thanks for <laughs> listening. I forgot we have a whole spiel at the end. If you're not already, go follow us on all of our social medias. The link will be... In the show notes. Uh-huh. There you go. Um, go check out our Patreon. Nobody is subscribing to our Patreon. It's fine. It's fine. But it's there. Honestly, we've been kind of roughing it the last few weeks anyways. Yeah. We both have a lot of shit going on in our personal lives mm-hmm. right now. So, um, yeah. Just be patient with us. Anywho. It's life. We're people. Yes. yes. Anyway, um, thanks We're for listening. We're normal people just like everyone else. Yeah. We have lives. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.